This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Known and Never podcast and football show. I'm your host Natalie Bromley and we are back in preview show mood. This week I'm joined by resident statistician Dave Roberts for all the stats ahead of that opening fixture with Manchester City which raises a curtain on another Burnley Premier League season. I'm also joined by regular panellists George Poole and Rich Steele. We analyse the incomings and outgoings about Vegas has finally left the building again. And we have signed Sander Berg. Sander Berg? Sander Berg, who is in the building. How and odd is that signing? What implications does that have on our central midfield? And more importantly, have we been very, very savvy in stealing that from a relegation rival and weakening their side? We have some crazy predictions. We have Quiz of the Week stats ahead of the open fixture. Here we go. So here we are. It is finally the time. It is the big build-up. The Premier League returns this weekend. The Clarets are first up with that home tie against reigning champions and the ridiculousness that is Manchester City. Um, We are here to build up to that game. Bit of a preview show with our resident statistician, Dave Roberts. And we're joined by George Poole. George, good evening. Yeah, good evening, folks. Um, well, delighted. I'm I'm so excited for this week, both for the documentary and for the Man City game. I just can't wait to get it get it all underway. Good, good. And I'm also joined by again joining us for another season, Rich Steele. Rich, good evening. Good evening. Yeah, hello, folks. Uh, echo Joe, uh, George's thought, uh, thoughts. Uh, buzzing for the season to start. Signings in the building. Documentary out tomorrow. What a time to be a claret. Definitely. Well, let's get this show on the road. Clarets, I am your host, Natalie Bromley. It's a name and a face that you're familiar with. I've been with this channel for far too long. Actually, that reminds me, George, you put a tweet out today. Is this really the start of your fifth season? Sure yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. Like uh, In my head, it's like maybe this, the third. But yeah, it's the fifth full season. And then this, the season prior was like I made a couple of guest appearances. So yeah. <laughs> so that must <laughs> be your time. fifth as well then, Rich, because you joined at the same time. So this current yeah, panel's I been joined, together five uh, years. Yeah, very yeah. similar to George. Um, I think wow. I remember one of my first podcasts was around when we beat United at Old Trafford. Um, also when Jay scored, so maybe 2018, 2019, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose yeah. if you think about it, we were all together through the pandemic years. So, and that was the start of 2020. So that's three years yeah. at least. So, yeah, I couldn't believe it. And obviously, Dave's been with us longer than that as well. Time does fly when we're having fun. Um, let us kick off then with the exciting news coming out of Turf Moor this evening a double whammy from the Clarets. We have signed little wizard Manuel Benson on a longer term deal. He accompanies uh, Anas Zori to tie his future to the Clarets a little bit longer. And we have got Sanderberge over the line. What a coup, not just in terms of fulfilling a position that we were needing to strengthen but also significantly weaken a team who should be our rivals um, to stay away from those bottom places. Rich, kick us off. Immediate um, 
reaction to that signing, please? Oh, what a signing it is. I'm absolutely delighted with it. I think when we, was it Monday when the news broke? Mm. And I was working on a footy tour, to be honest, and I wasn't supposed to be on on my phone and I was uh, checking it sneakily. And it was one of them where you're kind of thinking, we're not going to get this done. Something's going to happen. Someone else is going to come in or Sheffield United kind of don't allow it. And then, yeah, all of a sudden over the last few days, it's it's just accelerated really quickly. And it's always one of them. You always got that little bit of apprehension until the actual announcement video comes on. And I'm sure uh, George will want to talk about that announcement video. I think he said that was his favourite one so far. But yeah, what a signing. Um, an outstanding player. He's, you know, he's 25. I think he's still got a lot of development to go. I think one of the reasons he's signing again for us is because of the lure that company has of improving players. He's six foot five. He's physical. He can carry the ball. He's got great technical ability. Um, I know company said in his interview, he's got that physicality that you need in the Premier League. And out of all the mid- central midfielders anyway that we've been linked with, I think we couldn't have asked for anybody better. It's just an absolutely outstanding signing. And I think it's somebody that 100% improves us. And hopefully, you know, we've gone in for a few years to come to. And it wasn't too long ago that you like to like Chelsea and Liverpool, you know, had bids, had bids of like 40 million rejected of him. So it just shows what a calibre of player we've got. And then the last one is, because I'm sure George is desperate to talk about it as well. What you know, <laughs> no. it's, fan- it's fantastic that we're signing players on the eve of the season. I remember five, was it six years ago, 2017, we lost Andre Gray on the eve of the season. And it's and now we're doing it to other clubs. It's a, it's a really exciting to see where the club's going. I'm, I am apt, honestly, I'm over the moon with this signing and I'm yeah, still me in shock. Too. Me too. In- when the when the rumours first came out, it seemed incomprehensible. Really, it was like, well, no, Sheffield United, like, what are they doing? They've, uh, to me, it smacks of a side that has no intention of believing that they can survive in the Premier League. They've been they've been promoted. They fully intend to recover as much money as they can from the television rights and from selling their players now. Uh, with every intention that they think that they're going to go back down again and they'll just be a, a yo-yo club for a couple of years, take the financial benefit and come back up again. Um, similar to the looting side signing as well, Ross Barkley signing for them. Um, they, they reek of experiences that Burnley were having 10 years ago and in the latter stages of the Premier League as well. And and George, Rich just touched on that uh, as well. And I think today's signing reminded me very much of the last Premier League season when when. Newcastle came in and stole Chris Wood from us. It was a move not just in, well, that for them wasn't intended to strengthen their side, but was to weaken ours. Um, we've done that to Sheffield United, and it feels nice that we're in a more powerful position now to be able to make these moves and cause chaos in the market. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. If you think in the last decade alone, you've got Charlie Austin leaving to QPR on the eve of the season in 2013. Um, obviously, as Rich mentioned, Andre Gray to Watford. And then Chris Wood, obviously the most notable one in the last couple of years, t- to Newcastle. And all of a sudden, we're on the eve of the season. And it's it's us doing that. And that's, I thought that was a good point you raised there about the, the sort of Luton, Luton signings and Sheffield United signings. They reek of where Burnley were three or four years ago. Yeah. Ross Barkley today for Luton. That's just a carbon copy of when we got Danny Drinkwater. It's just a player who's desperate for Dale any opportunity Stevens. in the Prem. The yeah. Si- <laughs> yeah, the signing, the signing, the signing players like Chong and Giles, who are good championship players, but will they make the mark in the Premier League? They're both clubs who realistically are taking this season as a fantastic chance to get the money in, stabilise their clubs, and be better for it in the championship. Whereas 
we're on the other end of the spectrum. We spent upwards of seventy million already, and we've got ambitions a lot higher, a lot higher up the league. It's just it, it it's astounding, really. It takes a, it's taken a while to sink in. It's a good feeling to have, Rich. One point that struck me today when I was um, reading a lot of the Chef United reaction to Sander Burge coming in was that a key pull for him was that he wanted to play for Vincent Company, And that is a reoccurring theme that we are seeing, that players want to come and play for him. I don't know if I'm clutching here and maybe trying to, you know, like make myself feel better. But if players are coming to us for the pull of playing for Vincent Company, he must be doing something to convince those players and agents that he is not going to leave in the next couple of months and he's here for the next, say, three years. I don't think he's, he's going to promise longer than that. But that, to me, makes me feel a little bit more confident that company's going to stay for a while. Well, I think when company signed that contract, he felt there was actually no rush to do it because he was committed to Burnley. But I think he signed it to show players that he is here for the long yeah. term when he's trying to convince them to come. And then hopefully, I'm thinking long term here, whether he stays another you know, two, three years, hopefully, then if he does leave and go on to pastures new, hopefully Burnley are an established club then that we don't need company as much to pull exactly. players in. Yeah. But players, you know, you look at some of the players that we've got, you know, who's just signed the contracts, Benson, Zaruri, you know, let's be honest, nobody had heard of them 12, 12 months ago, maybe outside of Belgium. And now, you know, they're really big names. Like I said, I've just mentioned them. You know, I've just done a footy tour with a team from New Jersey and they're all talking, you know, they all know Burnley now, you know, they're talking to me about wow. Zaruri, they're talking to me about Benson. Obviously, a few of them mentioned, obviously, the partnerships that we've created. And I think, obviously, the company's a massive part of that. And I think he's learning all, all the time. And I think with company in charge, it's just so exciting to see where the club will go to. Um, and like you said, he is a massive pull for players. You know, let's be honest, let's not, you know, cut, you know, any rubbish out here. Players like Burge or Trafford um, or even like your young lads like Collie O'Shaw, maybe this other Burt, he wouldn't be coming to Burnley if it wasn't for company. Yeah. And so I've said this, I said this to me, you know, to a few people, I think we'll look back at this little period in history and go, in, in Burnley's history and go, wow, wasn't we lucky to have Vincent company? Because yeah. I think it's inevitable that he's going to take over from Pep. And I think Pep, Pep's contract's out until 2000, uh, expires in 2025 so maybe that'll be the natural progression but if we can have company for at least another couple of years I think the club's just going to keep building from strength to strength yeah definitely I personally don't think that company will go straight from Burnley to City I think he'll do a transitional job but let's watch this space let's not worry about that for now I don't I can't be stressing about having to lose Vincent company that's too scary I'm, I'm I've only just got over the trauma of losing Daesh and the up and down that came with that um going out the door then we have to mention our Absolute star player, our wizard and all-round nice guy, Vout Vegos, is finally gone. George, immediate reaction to that, please. Let's not dwell on Vouts, I don't want to, but good move for everybody all round. Uh, I think you'd have to say so. Look, I'm one of those. That's quite that I don't I don't mind Vegos. I've been happy for him to stay, and I think he's a decent player, but just the fact that he's gone out the door, even though it's a completely new squad basically since he signed, it's a new manager. The fact that they're still willing to send him out on loan probably signals that. He wasn't a fit for company, whether it be him personally or him as a player. So, yeah. look, it, it, it's up to them to make those kind of decisions. I was happy to see him stay, but if company wants him out the door, then it's it's a good move all around, really. And, and apparently right. we're getting a, a loan fee. Which yeah, I saw that. So 1.5 million or in Burnley terms, 10% deposit on a 
15 million pound Belgian tricky winger. So, hey, all winning around. Um, Dave, I'm going to bring you in very quickly. I'm just going to start moving on to preview here at some point. Um, some other rumoured transfers that we're supposed to be trying to get over the line in the next couple of days. Um, Odeberg, who's a wide player, he's apparently... Uh, very close to uh, medicals, nearly done. He's very close to signing, as is Ramsey, centimetre slash number 10. Um, apparently that medical's complete. Uh, listen, we've got enough in the no accounts all over the place. We're not going to start spreading rumours that we don't know. We are hearing the same news that you are. So we're just going to repeat what we've seen on our Twitter timelines about 456,000 times. Um, so none of these, are, these are just rumours for now, but rumoured those two are supposed to be over the line. Uh, Durami, is it Durami? Please fact check me if he's wrong. Another wide player, obviously. He's supposed to be rumoured to come to us. Is Luca Bacchio, is that correct? No, is that off now? Uh, the Dahami one, the, the, the lad from Ajax, that's not happening. He's choosing Reims over us, which happily, if you want to go to Reims, mate, Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. Get yeah. the bus without. He'll take you there. Um. So uh, again, apologies for the pronunciation. Luca Bacchio, is that correct? He's a wide play striker. Is he coming now? Is that over and done with? George is our roving reporter here, fact checking these for us. Uh, Fernandez, a left back. Um. He's also. Oh no, he's pointing at Rich now. George, you are on camera. We can see you. <laughs> no, I think uh, I'm. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, but I think the Hertha Berlin player. Uh, our obviously uh, trusted journalist Sasha. Tweeted basically we've agreed a fee with Berlin, and um, I think it's down to the player. Obviously, Berlin got relegated last season, and he was a real standout player for him. Um, and, and again, you know, from what I've seen and read on Twitter, he looks a really good player. Uh, but he kind of maybe doesn't want to be in a relegation battle. But we're not going to be in a relegation. We're not going to be in one. What's no. he on about? Has he not like? Has but, he not um, been following us? God. Yeah, I think <laughs> Atalanta are linked with him too. Obviously, they're really, you know, kind of really doing well in uh, Serie A. So, yeah, watch Look, this space on that one. Watch this space. Uh, left back Fernandez, that's another rumour. Lukonga, centre midfielder. I'm presuming now we've brought Sander Berger in, that's not going to happen. Is that off? All, all, okay. the, all, the word, all the word from the club over the weekend was that that deal was struggling to be made over the line. And we've been linked with him all summer. So, if it was yeah, going to happen, it would have happened by now. Great. And, of course, we've still got... Our heart set on Nathan Teller and Ian Matson coming back as well. Um, interesting that we've not got any loan deals done yet, so we do still have our two Premier League loans, so maybe that will happen this week. Who knows? Um, Dave, so my question to you before we bring you in for your preview show, are you going to start a new um, spreadsheet of all the different nationality of Burnley players? We are quite the international clarets these days. I've lost count of the number of different nationalities we've got. I've already got one. <gasps> no, you haven't. Yeah, this is exciting. This is exciting. There's, okay, a, page with the, there's a page with a short link, uh, bit.ly forward slash BFC Heritage, and it lists every Burnley player who's played for the club. And you can also go on there and you, there's a little drop down. You can just select a country. So Love it. Um, I thought, oh, we've, we've signed Sanderberg. Which of the Norwegians have we had? So I went on, looked at which Norwegians we have. We have four Norwegian players played for us in the past. So Sander Burge, assuming he gets on the pitch at some point, which we very much hope he will for uh, much of the season, uh, will be the fifth. See, listeners, you're so lucky to have the walking Google that is Dave Roberts. Other search engines are available. Uh, Rich, you think we're going to get Cole Palmer? I've not seen this rumour anywhere. Where's this come from? Well, I hope so. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> is it's this a rich deal in the no account? Are you setting no, up no, your own? No, oh, okay. no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I think, like, George, I think he made a good point there. We've not signed anyone on loan yet. Looks like his company's maybe waiting. And it seems like, from again, I, I, 
Listen, some 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 people like him, some people don't. He's a bit marmite. Uh, but Nixon has basically tweeted saying, oh, I've kind of done a few posts saying that um, if City get a replacement for uh, for Mares, if they sign someone, then you know we're the favourites to land Palmer. He could actually yeah, play well. against us on Friday, and then kind of yeah, they're look they're looking at a few players. So that you know that could be one. And obviously, if you did watch the game, he scored a great goal in the Community Shield final yeah. and. He's a real special player. Um, I think here George shook his head there. It's looking ever increasingly unlikely that Matson's going to come back in particular. Um, Matson stayed at Chelsea's. Yeah, you, do you know what? And we wish him all the best. Absolutely. He was fantastic for us. I, he gave me a lot of pleasure watching Matson last season. I thought he was outstanding. I really enjoyed watching him. He was a bit raw at times defensively and he made the odd mistake here and there. And you look at how, they, how he matured from that Blackpool game. Well, it was essentially you know, off I'm, of the Blackpool game, wasn't yeah. it? it and a season. lot of Chelsea fans, you go on Twitter, you know, me being on my summer holidays at the moment, I've got a little bit more time in the day. Uh, <laughs> this is dangerous. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Chelsea fans want him, want him to start. They think he's been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, obviously, I think now, looking at it, I'd like to see, a, I know I can maybe come on to that, I think striker for me and left back, especially left back for the Definitely. two priority position. Yeah. Uh, George, do you agree? Oh, sorry, I've just seen I you. I do. Now. And I, well, what I was going to bring up is I've just been onto um Dave Dave's website onto the Burnley FC Heritage bit, and if I've counted right, forty two different nationalities have now wow uh, have now represented Burnley. Obviously, Norway is not a new one because you've had the likes of Freddie Overstad before, but yeah, forty two nationalities. Ryan the Norwegian, as, yeah. As, so as my dad calls, go and check it Ryan out, Excellent. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, okay, Dave, let's get moving then because obviously we do have a preview of the game that we're going to get on to. Um, and I want to talk about some general build-up and some predictions when we bring the boys back in. So let's get on to your preview, Sean, because it's a new season, new stats, new facts, and you are obviously our main source for the build-up for our games. Before we start that, we're going to do what we always do with the preview show, and we're going to start um, this season's quiz competition. So do you want to kick us off with what you've decided to do with a quiz this year? Uh, well, we didn't set a quiz question in the last preview show. We didn't want to keep that hanging over. Uh, we did do the uh, No Near Never Big Summer quiz over the summer. Um, that was to tide our listeners over, basically. And although the deadlines passed for that, uh, Andy Richens was declared the winner. Uh, you can still go back and listen to those episodes. We had one episode setting it up with the questions, and then we had a, a follow-up episode which gave the answers to the questions we'd set. So... Uh, if you still wanted to, you could go back and listen to those for a, a Claret's quiz. But we are going to do something a little bit different for this season for the quiz. I think previously what we've done, we left it to the end of the show and then we've left it hanging over 
asked for responses and then uh, announced it at the start of the next episode. Uh, this time we're going to do things slightly different. Uh, we're going to set a question now um, and we're going to uh, reveal the answer at the end. So that'll uh, keep people's interest, uh, make sure that uh, uh, we can we can do that. And what the way we're going to do it, it's going to be uh, slightly formulaic, I guess. Um, it's going to relate to our previous section we've done for the played for both. What we're interested in is we want the name for this episode uh, of the five players who've played at least 50 league games for Burnley and Manchester City. So that's 50 each at least uh, between uh, the post, well, basically in the post-war era. So that's between 1946 and the end of last season. And if uh, everyone stays tuned, we'll reveal the answer of those five players at the end of the episode. I love that. Can I ask you an honest question? Have you set this new format? Because for about eight, nine seasons of the preview show, I multitask and do my work while you're doing it. And I don't listen to you when you're doing your monologues. And then you shout at me because you're saying, now can we cover this in an earlier section? Have I basically caused this? Uh, no, it's just a case of anything different because I think we've uh, we've done different formats. So I thought we'd do one where we set the questions now and then we'll give the answer at the end. So it's just a, a little bit of a, a change up. Love it. Okay. Stats then, looking forward to the game at the weekend, is of course Manchester City reigning Premier League champions and all-round just juggernaut of football excellence. They are coming to Turf Moor. We are live on Sky Sports. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff. We are at Turf Moor. Dave, you're going to start us off, please, with a match results summary. Yeah, we're going to summarise the past matches played at Turf Moor, uh, league games anyway. Uh, there have been 50 previous league seasons. We've been paired with Manchester City. Uh, and 43 of those 50 have been in the top flight. Um, eight have been in the Premier League era. Uh, so overall, in home league games against Manchester City, there have been 21 Burnley wins, 12 draws and 17 City wins. So we've got more wins than losses. Uh, Burnley have 79 goals in those matches versus 81 for Man City. A couple of heavy wins for them has uh, booted them up. So just to confirm, we need to win by three clear goals on Friday to get back ahead on the goal difference stakes. Um, in the Premier League, more recent times, it's not looking quite as promising. Uh, there's been just one Burnley win, one draw and six City wins. But don't spoil the details because we're going to mention that in the next feature. Lovely. And that next feature is a new one for the season and it is going to be... Da, da, da. I don't know why I try and dramatise these, but we've got one to remember and one to forget. Dave, we used to have um, memory match, but this is going to be a different one now. So talk us through this feature and let us have the uh, the stats, please. Well, yeah, you're right. In the past, we have done memory match, but it tends to be a little bit biased. We were going to pick a match where Burnley have had a glorious victory. Well, where there is one to choose from anyway. Uh, so this season, in the interest of balance, uh, we're going to take a look at two past matches uh, with varying fortunes for the Clarets. Uh, one will be an occasion that we as Burnley fans would very much like to remember. Uh, but to balance that, we're going to remind you of a second match, uh, which will also be memorable, but for all the wrong reasons. Uh, in terms of matches against Manchester City, there are uh, two prime examples, and we're going to start with the shocker. The card's been too many matches at Turf Moor that have produced three goals in the first seven minutes. And on this occasion, all three went to the visitors. I am, of course, referring to the match which took place the start of April 2010. It uh, didn't get much better after that, with Burnley trailing 5-0 at the break. 
And despite shouts for the match to be abandoned uh, due to the heavy rain, the pitch was uh, getting a little bit flooded, um, the referee uh, decided to play on. And although we drew the second half uh, 1-1, thanks to a consolation goal from Stephen Fletcher, it finished 6-1 to City. And interestingly, on that day, among their goal scorers were the current Burnley FC management team. As Craig Bellamy netted in the first half, and Vincent Company scored with a header from a corner in the second half. Uh, lone player Jack Cork uh, came on for Burnley as a second-half substitute. So that's the uh, that's the bad one after the way. Do you want to hear yeah. the one to remember? Of course we do. That's the one we all want to hear. I've, I've got to say, though, particularly for this in the return fixture, I'm genuinely intrigued as to find a, a good one, a good memory from us playing six, but do try. There's a couple to choose from. We've got to go back a little while. Okay. Um, so in, in terms of the one to remember, uh, we did manage a victory against Manchester City at Turf Moor uh, in recent times, relatively recent times. Uh, that was a victory in March 2015. Uh, despite fighting a losing battle against the drop, which hadn't yet been confirmed at this stage, the Clarets produced a magical evening under the lights at Turf Moor, as we somehow defeated the reigning champions and dented their ultimately unsuccessful attempt to retain their title. City were captained by Vincent Company. And he was involved when Burnley scored the only goal of the match. His headed clearance from Kieran Trippier's free kick fell to George Boyd, who fizzed a low shot beyond the reach of Joe Hart to send the crowd wild. We clung on to that lead for a nervous half an hour at the end, but it was definitely a match to remember for all the right reasons. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so this stage in the proceedings, we'd like to hear from our opposition. And this season, we are once again delighted to welcome back to the Known and Never podcast, John Berry, City fan who gave us these thoughts ahead of the game. Hello, my name's John. I'm a City fan. It's great to be back on Known and Never. Um, just first things first, let's welcome Burnley back to the Premier League. Uh, I think both sets of fans have seen hard times, Burnley probably worse than ourselves. And we've got to celebrate our success. It's great to have Northwest teams in the Premier League and to have more derbies. And it will be a fantastic trip up on the train for all the City fans up to Burnley. Bit of a shame it's a Friday night, It'd be a bit of a different atmosphere, but I think on the floodlights, first game of the season. Um, great to see Vincent Company again doing so well, and I'm sure he'll have a lot of success for you this season. Um, as far as City go this year, we've had a couple of ins and outs, so obviously we've lost uh, our captain, Ilkay Gundogan. Who probably went a bit under the radar as a player with all the kind of like, shall we say, world superstars that we have. Gundogan kind of went under the radar, but he was an absolutely fantastic player and we'll really miss him this season because we haven't got anyone. He's very difficult to replace, really. Mares, I think, you know, I think we got decent money for a 32-year-old there. Um, for me, he was quite a predictable player. Fantastic, fantastically gifted, sublimely talented, but, you know, very, very one-footed. He, he was quite predictable for me. And I think we probably had his best days out of him. So, you know, it's teams need to move on. It's a bit of a shame to see him go. Obviously, coming in, we've had uh, Kovacic from Chelsea. Probably didn't have the best time there, but seems like a... <laughs> A bit of a Rolls-Royce of a player. 
And then we've got the the big money Gvardiol. Um, I've only ever really seen him play for Croatia at the World Cup, where he seemed to be a superb defender. Uh, and I'm sure he will add to our back line. Hopefully, Bernardo and Carl uh, Walker decide to stay with us. But I think the interesting person coming back and maybe familiar to some listeners is James McAtee, who was playing for Sheffield United in the Championship last year. Um, expect to see him in and around our team and Cole Palmer as well. I think they'll get more minutes because of uh, kind of the ins and outs of the season. Obviously, played the Charity Shield at the weekend. Um, PG Moll decided to make it about them, as they often do at the start of the season. They want the refs to be part of the limelight, and they added about 10 minutes of extra time on. So we'll probably see that on Friday night. I'm glad that players are coming out and speaking out against it, because this is something that I think as fans we don't particularly ask for and players certainly don't ask for you know if you want to stop time wasting it's probably the keepers need to get booked a bit more quickly if they're they're wasting time rather than trying to stop for every little um you know in and out of the game it's you know people don't want football games to go on for 120 minutes which is you know where we're gonna head with this lineup Anyway, um, Pep decided to go for a 4-4-2 on um, Sunday and I doubt we would play that formation again. I think he wanted a bit of an experiment. It didn't, you know, it, I mean, it was just a dull game. I didn't watch a lot of it because my lad was playing in a football tournament in Macclesfield. But, you know, it seemed to be quite a dull game. Both teams struggled to break each other down. So I'd expect Pet to revert to his usual 4-3-3 with a bit of randomness included. Um, so I think as a lineup for City, we'd see Edison, Walker, Diaz, Johnny Stones kind of stepping out of defence into midfield, uh, and probably Nathan Ake at left-back, because he's much more comfortable there than um, Akanji was the other day. Uh, midfield, Rodri uh, is the single pivot with De Bruyne and Foden either side of him and a front three of Grealish, Haaland and Bernardo. Um, that's what I think will happen. Pep will probably com- pick a completely different team, as he often does. Anyway, um, I wish Burnley all the best for the season. I hope Vincent Company has every success as your manager and you know you have you have a great season. Uh, for me personally, the end of the season, what I'd like to see is Guardiola smoking a cigar and Jack De- Grealish about 10 pints deep celebrating in the Manchester rain. Anyway, we'll see. Can't wait. Football's back. Brilliant. Have fun, everyone. OK, before we move on to some general pre-match conversation, then Dave, do you want to give us details of who's referee in the game? We're back to knowing referees but I'm not entirely sure we're going to have much more confidence with their ability but let us know who who who's going to be managing the game on uh, Friday uh, well the return of Premier League football after just 12 months in the championship means it will be mostly seen select one group officials in the middle throughout this season uh, on Friday we'll welcome back Craig Porson to Turf Moor and although we've lost eight of the 14 past Premier League matches he's taken charge of we've won three and they include uh, the 3-2 away win at Champions Chelsea, and that was on the opening weekend of the 2017-18 season. Uh, our last win with him in charge was the unlikely comeback win at Watford in April 2022. Uh, another familiar face, Michael Oliver, 
will be the video assistant referee. And after a league season without VAR, we can only hope that the process and decisions have improved in our absence. I'm going to vote they haven't. Um, <laughs> thanks, Dave. They're really great stats ahead of the game. But we also like to think with our hearts here at Known and Ever because we are fans first and foremost. George, let's start with you this time. Um, I People keep saying to us, ooh, bad start for you is that? And, and certain fans of ours down the road laughing that the the fixtures pulled out this one. This, to me, I think the fixture gods have smiled on us quite heavily. Um, this is a great time to play City. Um, number one, they may very well be slow at starting. But number two, there will be sides who will finish much higher than us this season who will start the end of the week one of the, of the Premier League season on no points at the bottom because of some freak result. I'd rather be playing them now than with 10 games to go in the bottom three trying to get out. What's your general thought on the timing of this game? Would you have preferred it to be later? Are you happy with the start? I think it's absolutely fantastic. I don't think you can get better than... You, you've won promotion to the Premier League. You want to be playing against, obviously, the biggest teams in the world. We've got that prime time slot on Friday night. We've got all the goodwill in the world from Sky with the Mission to Burnley documentary. They really want to, to show us off, let's be honest, on Friday night. You've got the whole Vincent Company um, storyline and you're going up against the treble winners. Like, this is must-see television. And who were one half of that game? Burnley Football Club. Like, for yeah. me, that is as good a start as you can ask for. And like you say, in terms of the actual football itself, City have built their title wins under Pep Guardiola on being unbelievably ruthless after Christmas. And they're running, especially as a legacy of their run-ins with Liverpool for those, like, few amazing seasons... They are incredible as it comes to the last 15, 20 games of the season. At the start is where they're sometimes, sometimes, you know, for, for a team like City, somewhat slow to start. We saw that last season. So if you're going to pick a time to play them, it's now. And we'd, given our history, you'd want to play them at home. Seeing as how we managed to play well for half an hour at the Etihad in January in the Cup, mm. or just after that, I'm optimistic going into this game. And like I say, I really couldn't wish for a better fixture to start the season. Lovely stuff. Rich, we've obviously got some certainty, a little bit similar to, um, although not as extreme, to the Huddersfield game last year in that we've got some new players, we've got some players that we don't have anymore. Um, in terms of your approach to the game, what are you thinking in terms of personnel starters and how to approach the game in terms of formation and tactics? I think we've got to just try and play our own game first and foremost. I think, obviously, you've got to be realistic. There's going to be times where you're not going to have the ball, so you're going to need to defend well in your shape and, you know, and get back well and work hard, which I, which I think we will do. I agree with what, what, a, with what a lot of George said. And it's a good time to play him. And it, it, it's just one of them, was it? It's a free hit, isn't it? First game of the season. You know, it's kind of, I don't mind having that Luton game postponed in some ways because I think it would have been a tricky get time to go and play Luton yeah, because there's a bit more time to bed players in. So let's just give it a go. Listen, I, I don't think we'll win or get a draw because I just think they're too strong. I'd be quite happy with us just to really give a good account of ourselves, play some good football and people go, OK, you know what, Burnley's going to be a good side this season. And if we lose, you know, 1 2 nil, 2 1 or whatever. I'm not saying I take it because you always want to go into a game and win, you know, or, or or at least get a point. But I just want us to make a good, uh, you know, a good account of ourselves. And if you're asking me about personnel, I think the formation will be kind of similar to what it has been with these four, kind of like one holding two midfielders and, you know, your three attackers who will interchange. 
I think it's going to be really interesting um, having, the, having the team selection, I think, uh, what the team selection will be, sorry. I think it's going to be really hard to predict a starting eleven, which in a way is quite yeah. a nice thing after predict, after the predictability of dice, you know. I think we did a bit when I did, you know, when I hosted last week, kind of going through what the team will be. And I still, you know, when we did it, didn't we, in our group, and everybody's team was completely different. And, you know, does he go for a bit more flurry midfield? Does he go for a bit more of a pragmatic approach? Does Burge start now? Is Cullen fit? Is Benson fit? Um, so I think there's a lot of, obviously, the goalie, who's who's going to be in goal, who's going to be left back, who's going to be up front, who's going to be centre-half with Bayer. There's a lot of uncertainty, but listen, it's just going to be a great evening at Turf Mall. The atmosphere is going to be fantastic. Like George said, it's prime time on a Friday night on Sky. And, you know, if we do, um, you know, pull something off, then it'll be an amazing night. But I, I just hope that we give a really good account of ourselves, play some good football, and we don't humiliate ourselves on in that prime time spot as well. Because let's Definitely. be honest, we could easily lose six nil. We could do oh, that God, is the reality don't. of it. That's yeah. not me being negative. It's just, it's just life in the Premier League. It's the reality League, of playing City when you're playing the bed by far the best team in the world, which they are with some amazing players. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dave, from your perspective, um, one of the key questions and that's that's um tying Burnley fans in knots is that keeper position. Where do what camp do you sit in? Are you it's Murich's start, it's his number one jersey and it's his to lose? Or do you think Traff has been brought in for far too much money and he just goes straight in? Where are you sat with that? I don't think the money necessarily has a bearing on it. Obviously, we've had to pay that to get him, but I think once he's in the door, then the manager makes a decision on what he sees in uh well, in the pre-season matches and also in training. So it's it's going to be Vinny's call at the end of the day. He's going to know the players inside out, and it may be a case of, as you say, he may he may decide for um, to start Murich. Obviously, knows the team, knows the system, um, and try and bed in, and then switch it or or give uh, Trafford an opportunity. We're obviously going to have a, um, a a Carabao Cup match coming up as well, aren't we? So. Um, he's going to obviously switch it and have the other one playing in that match as well, and then maybe take the decision from there. But he's he's got obviously got options in in that position, and you hope he's going to have options right across the pitch. So it's not going to be the only area where he's going to have, have to make tricky decisions. There's going to be tricky decisions uh, all over the pitch. Mm, definitely. Um, score prediction then, Dave. Um, I think, like Rich said, we we can win on 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 the day you go into the match, believing that you. You could nick a win or a draw. Um, the likelihood is, as we know, we're probably going to lose. But yeah, let's 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 be positive and say we're going to get a one-one draw. Rich, gosh, Dave, that was unlike you. I've only just tweaked that. That's sorry, Rich, to cut across you then for a big minute. But it just that was a delayed reaction. I was like, Dave, uh, go on, Rich. Three-one to City. George, two-one to Burnley. To Rory with the winner. George. Uh, I was going to say 3-0, but I do like Rich's confidence that we're going to score. So I'm going to say 3-1 to City as well. Um, listeners, you know the drill by now. Tweet us um, or post on our Facebook page, please, your score prediction for the game. We would love to hear how you think the Clarets will A, line up and B, fair against the reigning champions. Um, before we get into some final things, Dave, shall we move on to your quiz answer then? You've been you've been tanted, you've been teasing us, shall we say? Um we all think we've got one each. George has got one, but I think he might have cheated because he said earlier on that he could not name one and he's suddenly been typing it on screen and he 
has found one. So I think we might have cheated, but Rich and I both you came know, up on my stat of the week first. Oh, have we got a stat of the week? Have I missed a bit yes. on the script? <gasps> I do want your stat of the week. I'm sorry, Dave. I, your, your script went We can pass over it if you mind. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. Let us have your miscellaneous stat of the week. Okay, the forgotten stat of the week is, <laughs> although the Football League celebrated its 125th uh, birthday back in 2013, gaps in the programme as a result of wars uh, means that this will be the 125th season of league football in England. Having gained promotion last season, Burnley will be spending a 60th season in the top flight. Only 20 other clubs can beat that total. 12 are currently in the Premier League, with six in the Championship and two in League One. The opening match of our previous 59 top flight seasons have produced 18 Burnley wins, 14 draws and 27 defeats, although there have only been two opening weekend wins from our previous eight Premier League campaigns. They were away to reigning champions Chelsea in 2017, which we've mentioned earlier, and also at home to Southampton in 2019. Excellent. Now, can we please also have your quiz answer? You made our listeners stay to the very end, which I'm a big fan of. Um, what was the answer? So shall we tell you, give, shall we give you our guesses? We've literally got one each and George is Googling us. I'm not going to let him guess. Um, Rich, which ones, who did you guess? You guessed two, didn't you? So who were yours? Joey Barton and Mike Summerby. Yep. I guessed Stephen Jordan and George cheated. Which ones did you pick? No, I I didn't even cheat to anything, but I was just I the Stephen Jordan one that you'd put in the chat popped out to me because I thought at first I was like, wait, what? But then I remembered that it was it was probably pre the takeovers, so you'd made them appearances for City. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I also said Gareth Taylor too. So oh, I've been yeah, writing them down as other people's been talking, but don't know. I'll I'll count you down from five to one. So in fifth place. Uh, again, this is not in terms of total appearances, because someone like Ben Mee's made three hundred and fifty odd appearances for us and Played a cup game for City, doesn't he? Played yeah. a league game, did he? So, of those that have made at least 50 for both, uh, Stephen Jordan uh, yes. played 73 times for Burnley, 53 for Man City, 126. Uh, Joey Barton played 52 yes. times for Burnley, 130 for City, 182 in total. Uh, Adrian Heath uh, played oh, 120 for Burnley, 75 for City, 195. And then there's two way out uh, in, in front of the others. Uh, Mike Summerby just got in there. Uh, played fifty-one Summerby. times for Burnley, three hundred and fifty-seven for City, four hundred and eight. And at the top of the list is Willie Donerkey. He played sixty times oh. for Burnley, three hundred and fifty-one for City, four hundred and eleven combined. Excellent stuff. Um, right, we're going to wrap up there, um, listeners. I'm going to give each of our panellists a quick crazy prediction I'm going to give them a couple of minutes to think about that I want them to give me a silly prediction anything they want from this Premier League season so you've got like 30 seconds to think of this whilst I remind our listeners that Adam Dennett will of course be um, hosting dedicated monthly FPL shows for us throughout the season and we are inviting you once again to join the known and ever FPL team prizes for the league winner and the cup winners um, if you played before, you will automatically be registered into our league. If you are a new joiner, the code is C for Charlie, B for Bravo, the number two, W for Whiskey, U for Unicorn and M for Mother. Do join us. It's a lot of fun and it gets very competitive. Wrapping up then, quickly, and you've got like 10 seconds each. George, a silly stat. No, George doesn't want to go. 
you know what you are on camera you know you don't have to like wave I'll it say like not, I'll say I'll say not yet go to Rich first all right Dave, Rich sorry you've been thrown under the bus I don't know it's hard I'm not very good at this okay I'm let me give that... you one player of the year oh right I, I thought of a different one but go go then uh, do the different one my player of the year I think will be Jordan Bayer and yes. I'll say we're going to lose a game 5-0, but we'll also win a, fa- a game 5-0, which I don't think we've done before in the Premier League. That's a great start. Love it. Dave, a silly start from you. Do you uh, do there'll be start? at least one game where there's uh, 20 minutes or more added on to one of the halves. <laughs> I love it. Uh, George, I'll give mine to give you another minute thing. My silly prediction is that Burnley will not receive a single red card. Sorry, did you did you want that one, George? Okay, come on, you've got ten no, seconds. Uh, no, I'll, I'll I'll go with something, but I, I was more going down the line of crazy prediction for the Premier League. So I, I was just going to say that. that that I think my crazy prediction is that I think Newcastle United will finish in the bottom ten. Oh, I love it! I saw a very silly prediction that people are tipping Aston Villa for top four, which seems I really like that prediction. Really like it. Yeah. I, I don't think that. it'll come true, but I think Villa will be the Newcastle of last of last season this season. So that's good. Um, there you go, listeners. Thank you very much for joining us. Those of you who are watching on YouTube, do please like, subscribe and comment. It does help our channel grow. Um, if you listen to this on your usual podcast provider, please do hit subscribe um, and join the Known and Ever family. We will be back next week with immediate match reaction to um, that City game. And instead of a pre you show because the Luton game's been postponed. George and Tom and I will be doing a Mission to Burnley reaction video, so do stay tuned for that. In the meantime, enjoy Friday night. Burnley are back in the big time and we are thoroughly excited because we deserve to be there. I've been your host, Natalie Bromley. Until next time. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. Our host and editor is Natalie Bromley and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Rich Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby and Adam Dennett. Our music is provided by George Gaskell and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonenever.substack.com. Thanks as ever go to our partners TalkSport. We are proud to be associated with the TalkSport Fan Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.